Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Tuesday, May 18th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. There's a debate in St. Louis's to Bolivar Place neighborhood over whether to open a gate on Delmar Boulevard that's been closed for decades. Some say it would help bridge the gap along the symbolic racial dividing line. You know, everybody talks about wanting to break the Delmar divide, but then you want to fight things like this that are easy, Mark. Low-hanging fruit. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff has that story in just a few minutes. A panel of Illinois lawmakers meets today to adjust the state's emergency rules on mask wearing in businesses and penalties for failing to enforce the mandate. But that comes a day after Governor J.P. Pritzker eased Illinois' mask mandate to follow the Centers for Disease Control updated guidance, which states fully vaccinated people don't have to wear masks in public in most cases. Businesses can still ask customers to wear face coverings. The new regulations come as Governor Pritzker announced the pandemic-related moratorium on evictions will be phased out in August. The state is launching a billion-and-a-half-dollar housing assistance program funded by the federal stimulus package to ease the transition. More from reporter Hannah Meisel. Most of the grant money will go to renters, but $400 million of those dollars are planned for mortgage assistance in a separate program the state hasn't launched yet. State Representative Dahlia Ramirez of Chicago, who also pushed for the state's first wave of rental assistance last year, says this program is meant to avert a massive housing crisis. To all people who right now are trying to figure out, do I pay for my rent or do I buy my diabetes medication? We are asking you, inviting you to apply for the assistance we have available. Illinoisans are eligible for rental assistance if they're at least a month behind on rent and have experienced financial hardship due to the pandemic. They can access up to 15 months' worth of rent for a maximum of $25,000. The money is paid directly to landlords. I'm Hannah Meisel. In St. Louis, officials have ended safety restrictions on performance venues, but as St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, the sudden reversal won't prompt immediate changes at every club and concert hall. Local event producers are eager to get back to business fully, but say they won't drop all their pandemic safety precautions right away. Instead, different venues will have different rules. Pete Palermo, executive director of the Sheldon Concert Hall, says an outdoor concert series there will continue with social distancing as planned. We don't want to end up saying, okay, you bought a ticket for this event, but we've totally changed what that event looks like. And it's now twice as many people as we said it was going to be. At outdoor venue The Big Top, ticket buyers will have a choice between socially distanced seating and full capacity sections. Employees at Rock Club The Pageant won't check patrons' temperatures anymore, but socially distanced seating will remain another month. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. A conservative advocacy group's Missouri chapter is seeking to put what is expected to be the state's first gas tax hike in years to a public vote. The Secretary of State says Americans for Prosperity, Missouri's director, has filed a referendum petition. The Republican-led legislature has approved a gradual increase in the state's 17 cents per gallon tax to 29 and a half cents over five years. Republican Governor Mike Parson is expected to sign the bill. Voters have repeatedly voted down increases to the gas tax. Madison County and Venice Township now have a black township supervisor for the first time. 
Mark Cockrell Sr. was sworn in last night after winning the race in April. He defeated incumbent Andy Economy, who had held the supervisor role in Venice since 93. Cockrell says one of his goals is to augment the community work of board members. Uh, all of us has been involved with helping the community, serving the community some way. If now we can just come with the township and explore other avenues. Cockrell says he also wants to bring the township into the 21st century with a website and other improvements. There are closed public streets throughout St. Louis with hundreds of gates, cul-de-sacs, and big concrete pots blocking access to neighborhoods. There is a debate in the DeBolliver Place neighborhood over whether to open a gate that's closed off a public street for decades. Opening it would allow traffic and pedestrians to enter from Del Mar Boulevard. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, the idea for closed public streets started in the same neighborhood that's now questioning it. The red brick arches of Grace and Peace Fellowship Church face Del Mar Boulevard, but the majority of the building is tucked behind an iron gate that blocks traffic and pedestrians from entering the DeBolliver Place neighborhood. Church leaders have been trying to get the neighborhood to open the gate on Clara Avenue for decades. On a recent morning, Stephanie Clear stands outside the gate with a group of people. She says part of her job as office manager is to lock it each night. And I just can't tell you how much it seared my heart every day to, yeah. to go out there and invariably look someone in the eye and lock the gate and tell them you can't come in. So often people would be running up, oh, wait, 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 let me through before. She says they prayed about it as a church, and about a month ago, those prayers were answered. The gate is now open, at least temporarily. 26 Ward Alderwoman Shamim Clark Hubbard opened it after receiving complaints from the fire department, as well as a doctor in the area about accessibility and safety. They worried that construction was clogging up one of only two entrances into the neighborhood. Clark Hubbard has been hosting community meetings to let residents decide whether the gate should stay open. For her, it's also symbolic of the racial division in the city. DeBolliver Place is a wealthier and wider neighborhood than those to the north. You know, everybody talks about wanting to break the Delmar divide, but then you want to fight things like this that are easy marks, low-hanging fruit to break the Delmar divide. So it just baffles me, but I can honestly say I have only had one person say that, you know, they hope that the gate gets closed back up and they hope that it doesn't stay open. One concern that people have brought up at community meetings is safety. They've wondered, will removing the gate lead to a spike in crime? St. Louis University sociology professor Chris Prenner studied this question a few years ago, and he says you have to go back to the 1970s to understand why St. Louis has so many barricaded public streets, about 285 by his count in 2017. Prenner says it all started with an urban planner at Washington University by the name of Oscar Newman. At the time, he started looking at the DeBolliver Place neighborhood for inspiration. And said, wow, you know, look at crime rates are so low there. While the streets are closed off, maybe there's something about controlling public space that leads to decreased crime rates. Prenner says the city took the idea and ran with it, installing different techniques across the city. One of the most common are big concrete circles, known as shamel pots, named for the mayor at the time who spearheaded the public effort to install the barriers. You get some areas in the central west end that kind of end up emulating the gates that you see in the DeBolliver Place neighborhood. And then in Shaw, you know, you get cul-de-sacs on what used to be open streets. 
But Prenner's research found no evidence that these barriers decrease violent crime. And Ashley Johnson says they're doing more harm than good. She's the director of special taxing districts and planning for Park Central Development. The nonprofit works with neighborhood groups along Del Mar, including in DeBoliver Place, to advocate for community empowerment and more equitable development. She says reducing street barriers would help stabilize neighborhoods on the north side of the street that are cut off from economic opportunities. With Delmar, with that stigma kind of being that, that divide that represents kind of life and not life. You know, when you open up the streets, you're saying that, you know, we begin to erase that. She hopes opening the gate on Clara serves as a catalyst for growth. And I think that symbolically, that's what that opening means new opportunities, like the expansion, the explosion of opportunity. Residents still haven't landed on a decision, but for now, the gate is open and the street is getting plenty of use. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Firm. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.